Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everyone. Sorry about our technical difficulties. They were all on my end, of course. Robert is always prepared. The dude, Felice, with us tonight. So sorry for the delay, but we are here to talk AEW, Rampage, and SmackDown. There were, of course, um, releases that happened earlier that I think Sean is going to be in to talk to us about. Um, It's always hard on days like this to... A, I mean, to have Sean's job, to be honest. It's it's just a rough day. He always says it, that it's the best job in the world to have. But days like today's, it's not. It's a, it's it's a tough one. Um, but we am sure we'll be talking about those a little bit, especially in the SmackDown part of the show. And I think he is going to join us at some point to speak to those things. But on the brighter side of things, I am joined today Bye, dude, Feliz. How you doing, Robert? We've gotten to do a few streams in a row. This is we're, great. We're, we're just we're just here every week now. It's you and me, Kate. But uh, I wish I could say I was doing great. But you know the releases and everything. So it's a little more of a tough day than normal. But we're still here. We're still going to talk Rampage. We're still going to talk SmackDown and everything WWE related. So let's get into Absolutely. it. Absolutely, we at least have. Robert, we at least have the wonderful people in the chat. We at least have our post show tonight on April 29th. We're so excited that you're here. And we are so thankful for our sponsors that are sponsoring the show tonight. As always, Manscaped and NordVPN. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to try and get a beat and see on when Sean is planning on coming in. Um, but I'm thinking maybe because of that 
we'll start with SmackDown. We can briefly touch on um, the releases. I think, uh, you know, out of all of them, the names that seem to be getting the most attention and, and probably deservedly so were Bivens and Dakota Kai. I think the other ones were in a bit more of a developmental phase. Um, it's just a, a rough day. You never want to hear about anybody losing their jobs. It is such a fresh wrestling landscape that should they choose to stay in professional wrestling, I think there's a lot of places that they can go. Their biggest competitor is um, certainly very stable heavy and in need of women's talent. So for the two marquee names that kind of got released today, should they be looking to find a new home, AEW might be a great place. I try not to get too ahead on fantasy booking. It's just a tough day in a day like that. But there were more of those details on Fightful Select where you can subscribe for $5 a month. Sean always puts the news of who is released out there for free, but there are some more details behind the paywall. Um, so feel free to check those out. Robert, what was your overall beat today? I, I had a uh, hard time getting into SmackDown um, or WWE programming on days when there's also releases. I'll, I'll just be completely honest. It's hard for me to invest on the wrestling that's in front of me on, on days like today. Oh, th- this sucked. I was recording uh, something else and having to stop in the middle and just talk about, hey, you know, not only is Bivens gone, who was in the middle of the storyline, and Dakota's gone, which is terrible because she's a fantastic performer, but they released half of one of the staple acts of NXT television with the Duja and Index angle, and they released Loomis and Persia Perota, and it gave me the overall vibe of like, okay, the right hand really isn't talking to the left because you would you would logically wrap something up, and it just makes you wonder: Does nothing matter? Do they care at all about any of the storylines that they're developing? I feel bad for the creative team. I feel bad for everybody involved here because how do you format a show when at the drop of a dime, there goes half of one of your regular acts every week? Truly. And, you know, as someone that covers the NXT product every Tuesday, of course, Alex and I will have a lot to say in upcoming days, I'm sure, on this is. We do the NXT post show, but I think one of the trickiest things there has been what is their barometer of success? Because it hasn't been shown through championships. It hasn't been shown through wins or losses. I had assumed because of that, it was screen time, but that just makes absolutely no sense here. Malcolm Bivens, tons of screen times with Diamond Mine. We saw going into stand and deliver that we thought that the Creeds were going to go over as the favorite, so that was rough. Dakota Kai was in that women's Dusty Cup. She was teaming with Wendy Chu. She had her blow off with Raquel when she came back. Um, and as you had said, Persia Parada, especially, uh, you know, was for better or worse in the angle that she was in, as was Dexter Loomis. Um, and even guys like Harland, you know, he was developing something with Joe Gacy. So it's just hard for me at this point to understand what WWE is measuring success by. It's it's really impossible. So that's where my frustration lies. Um, when you release a manager too, you have to also think of the implications of the entire stable, right? And I feel like the Creed brothers have so much potential in them. Ivy Nile has been fantastic. Roddy Strong is obviously an incredible talent. So you just hope it also doesn't hurt those people going forward because I felt like Malcolm Bivens did a great job of making them feel so important. 
I felt like Dakota Kai was just great at anything that they threw at yeah. her between what she was doing with Wendy Chu being fantastic in, in the ring, all of those things. I think it's, um, she was one of the most valuable hands that they had in NXT period, male or female. So just a tricky, tricky day. Um, she was showing that she could do anything and they're just, it's so clear that they are moving so quickly now with, okay, that's not working next. And it's, how do you even judge what isn't working? You've released people that were on the top of your cards. You've released people that were just in main events. Like over the last two years, they've shown that there is no rhyme or reason. They're just going through people as they see fit. And it's it's just shitty. The silver lining, if you want to, and that's really a crappy phrase to use, but they are super talented. They will find places to work if they choose to stay in wrestling. Why wouldn't they? And you know, the wrestling world knows who they lost because Beth Phoenix tweeted out how great Dakota Kai is. Woods tweeted out, you know, go support Malcolm Bivens and his comedy show. This, it's just a, it's a shitty time, man. It is rough. I think, you know, like you said, you try not to look at silver linings on days when people lost their jobs. But at the same time, I think AEW acquiring ROH is also a really wonderful thing with the way their women's, Division had picked up development going into the acquisition. I mean, what's a better way to help develop people along than having a manager who's really great at what they do? So there are places for these people to land should they choose to stay in pro wrestling. And um, you just hope the best for them. But but to your point, it's like they're moving on from things that seemed like successes, which is the weird part. I will never understand releasing talent that was your top talent. And I really don't understand it when it, you can't budget cuts your way out of this one. Like you cannot claim budget cuts when everybody is like making somewhat comparable money and it's not a lot in NXT, unfortunately. So I think um, we can pause this conversation there. You guys can get in your super chats and your humper chats about it though. What's a humper chat? One might ask. Well, go to humperchats.com and find out for yourself. I promise it's PG. Like your SmackDown show tonight, it functions just like Super Chats where you can get your statement or question. I would argue that the Humper Chats are more fulfilling than SmackDown, but that's just me. (laughs) I would agree. I would hard agree with that. The benefit is that Fightful gets to keep a little bit more of the kashish, and that's how people like Robert and I get to stay employed, so we appreciate that. Um, And of course, go over to Fightful Select and subscribe for $5. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Um, I think it makes sense to start with SmackDown tonight because especially if Sean's joining us, it's going to be on the front half of the show. So we can start with that. But let's throw it over to your Super Chats and Humper Chats that you already have coming in. We'll go through some of them that are about the releases. We don't want to bog down the show too much, especially before Sean were to join. But we have Mark Quill saying days like today are really tough for us folks in wrestling media orbit or adjacent it's just tough emotionally for everyone agreed man like it's it was really really hard for me to get into smackdown tonight because i just like had all of this in my head and um you know i would never speculate on anybody's losses but it is kind of that thing of of like oh they did nxt are they going to be doing main roster cuts because last time we found out during smackdown that people were getting cut from the main roster while smackdown was going on so it's it's emotional and and it's distracting when you consider 
these people put their lives, their physical and their mental and emotional well-being on the line every time that they go out there. It's it's rough. I saw on Twitter, I'm forgetting the person who tweeted it at the moment. I will try to pull that up. But someone had said that Persia had just spoken about buying a house. And that's like, that's when it gets to the, well, this is just really, really crappy. And, you know, it's not fair. It's people's lives. It's people's lives. And also it's tricky because she had no indicator to think that she was going to be released, right? She was on TV every week. So, I mean, she was literally on TV, I think, this either past Tuesday or the one before. So This past Tuesday, it was interesting that they had, she disappeared near Indy and they were congratulating uh, Roxy. And it was just like, that was it for them for that week. And I thought, huh. That's a little odd that they didn't uh, play into their rivalry, but I couldn't have guessed, oh, it's so odd that it's just over. Yeah, and, like, people forget, Stand to Deliver was not that far off. Like, that was not that long Less ago. Less than a month ago. And pretty much everything from it is null and void at this point, which is frustrating from a booking Unreal. and talent perspective. Uh, but we got some more Super Chats and Humper Chats that we will talk about. Big J sending in a Humper Chat from HumperChats.com saying, not a lot to smile about today with losing my job. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, seems to be a nasty bug that's going around, but we hope the best for you, man. So I decided to try to make myself feel better, and I grabbed some pizza and rewatched FTR and Briscoe's. That'll cure your blues. I promise uh, you pizza works every time. Pizza and good wrestling. Can't, can't beat that combo. Still a phenomenal uh, match. Thanks for being an awesome group. Thank you, Big J. I'm sorry to hear about the bad news, but we are so blessed to have this incredible community at Fightful, like both quantity and quality-wise. You guys are so awesome. We have Ryan Sullivan, my co-host at the Mark Order Pod on Wednesday, saying, hello, dude and duet. Does Robert do impressions like Alex? Listen, uh, well, I'm certainly not going to do them on request. I'm not completely like Alex, but I have one and I'm not going to run it into the ground, and it's a bit old hat anyway. Well, we have Volop responding to that, saying Robert doesn't need impressions. He just has wonderful eyes and eye contact. <laughs> Some more super chats about the NXT releases. Mark Osper chiming back in, saying the more chilling outcome of these releases is how they must make everyone else feel. Nobody in that company must feel safe. It's utterly absurd. You know, Sean has repeatedly repeatedly reportedly talked about like the the morale being at an all-time low there a couple of months ago i think that was because of creative frustration and people getting released but you just never know too and like i feel like the the cut day always was april 15th right it was tax day yeah. and you have that and it's probably really jarring to feel like you maybe cleared that hump and then all of a sudden here we are on april 29th and and we're back at cuts the only thing I can say is, because obviously we don't know everything, I do hope that they prepare these people with a little bit more than just a, hey, happy Friday, by the way, see you, bye, click. You know, because that's, it's just so disheartening to think about. It really is. And, um, you know, I would hope they changed the culture since that CM Punk contract signing promo. I'm just saying. He was pretty dead on about a lot of things. And one of them was uh, the way that they release people. It's it's rough when they do it in batches like this. It's, it's really hard to stomach. And again, I was distracted for a lot of SmackDown because it was just hard to lock in thinking about, is it really done for today? Like what, 
you know, it, it, it was just eating away at me the whole time. We got a Ryan Ben saying Dakota Kai did everything they wanted, making salad out of curse word. Props to Vivens who kept finding new angles on tired WWE tropes. Did he ever? I feel sorry for Persia and Dexter, though. They really tried. Yeah. Yeah. I think um everything you said is true. Dakota Kai crushed it on character work. She crushed it in ring. She crushed it in more serious angles. She crushed it as a singles wrestler. She crushed it as a tag wrestler. Um Bivens, I, I can't say enough about as a manager. There's such a lost art, I feel like, in in today's wrestling scene. It's a lot of older managers that we're used to seeing. All yeah. of the the legends that have come back, your Tully Blanchards and your Art Andersons on AEW, your Paul Heyman's uh on on SmackDown. And we get MVP in there and stuff, but like we have not had like a young, fresh wrestling manager in a really, really long time. And all he did was get people over and make sense of the chaos that was there at a really, really tumultuous time. He made Diamond Mine feel so important. I've got on record as saying I was like not into that idea in the beginning at all. Diamond Mine was not for me. And he was given an inch every week and made a mile out of it. And he had the the talent and there was creative and booking to back it up for a while until there wasn't. Mark Losper asking, Robert, is your impression of Adam Cole? No, it's not. I would never dare to try and impersonate perfection. I would never. <laughs> Adam Cole is phenomenal. Dude, Felice, baby! <laughs> I would never. Wait, who's your impression of? It's of, uh, it's of a certain podcaster that uh, is from the New York area that a lot of people don't like these days. I'll just say that. <laughs> me? Is it me? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's someone who overuses the word bro. I'll just I, uh, I I think I'm picking up what you're putting down over there, DeFelice. <laughs> we got Sean Walensky saying, how can WWE justify these releases with budget cuts? BS, they refuse talent that wants to leave because they are not being used. Uh, yeah. Dakota and Bivens were golden if used right. Yeah. Um, you know, those two names are the ones that I have seen repeatedly cycling through. Um, and it's tricky. I know Bivens contract was going to be up eventually. And that was the same deal with Kushida, right? They had made it clear that they weren't going to renew, but what's weird My is, thing is if Bivens isn't going to renew, just work that into the show, man, like just work with your creative team. I really feel bad for the people structuring that show. Cause they must just want to throw their hands up and say, what is, what's the point of me being here? I mean, additionally, you know, I don't know, maybe try and change someone's mind when they say they're not going to renew and give them things that are creatively fulfilling and exciting and make sense on your show. Um, I, I think they're, if you at least make an effort to try and change someone's mind, right? And like of all the people that would be exiting something, a manager or someone that you could absolutely run out until their contract <sighs> to have Bivens leave in this weird, like uh, they're doing this, this splintering of the group anyway with Roddy. Like why not at least finish out that storyline? Just well, and let's, be let's be clear. Since about 1997, they haven't cared for managers. So Bivens was working uphill in that regard, but, Man, he was working you... uphill in every regard. The way they creatively bit him, I think, was really, really rough. Like, they had built out this really meaningful program with 
Diamond Mine and Imperium, and then they had Stand and Deliver and just erased everything that, that was really being built over there. Whenever we asked people on the NXT post show who the top acts were, we always got Braun Breaker, who is in a weird kidnapping storyline about Rick Steiner and his Hall of Fame ring. Carmelo, who just dropped the championship, is kind of in this weird rematch phase, I guess. And Diamond Mine. And Diamond Mine was a force that they they then just booked into the ground. So I, it's just baffling when the most over acts are creatively bankrupt or released i i will never understand it and when um, you're when you're a talent and you're dealing with seemingly conflicting you know pieces of advice maybe somebody over here is saying you're doing great we're gonna run you to the moon and someone is saying hey by the way you're off tv indefinitely what do you do how demoralizing is that i i think it's insane i think they have no idea what they want to do with nxt it's a work in progress every day. It just pains me for the talent that have to come and go as they try and correct their identity because they don't know. They don't know what they want to be right now. And that's very clear. You know, the one piece of optimism that was there was this was more aligned with the main roster. And I just feel like I don't even know if that's true anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I I think it's more on brand with the main roster, but the main roster is something that feels directionless and lost in itself. Mm -hmm. So if I can't tell what measuring stick they're using, what I prefer is wins and losses and titles telling me the direction of a wrestling program. I think it's a very simple formula that works all the time. It really seemed like their measure of success was how much screen time you were giving people, and then they just released a bunch of the people that they were giving screen time to. I have no idea what they are thinking. And I don't even mean that in like a snarky, like, I don't know what they're thinking. I sincerely have no idea what their measuring stick is at all because they released a bunch of people who were over. Ricardo, the uh, I mean, yeah, oh, so, uh, neither Divin, uh, Dakota or Bivens were going to sign. And that's okay. I understand that. But again, I, I keep going back to the index and Deja storyline. Because that just shows, okay, you just, you have no idea what you're doing. You, this was one of the hottest things on the show, for better or worse, whether it was being made fun of or people were enjoying it. You were giving hours of time on your programming to this. And then you just, half of that act is gone. Yeah. Do Indy and, and Duke even have anything to do moving forward? What They're in limbo now. You know, it's just, it's very unfortunate through and through. It really is. And even the way that they hot potatoed their own title between Ziggler and Braun tells me that they really don't have a plan. Mark Losper chiming in saying, when people leave a territory, they go out on their back. If you're going to cut these people, why not have them get someone over on their way out? Uh, I I have no idea. Yeah. I don't think that they knew who they were cutting until exactly. or something. Like it, it just feels so directionless and lost. Chris Mueller saying Bivens not being on a WrestleMania feels so wrong. It sure does, especially when he was out there challenging LeVar Burton. Come on. The reading Rainbow Guy versus Bivens all day. Let's Bivens go. got a CD player over. <laughs> and like people were talking over. about that for quite a while. Uh, Bivens made it work and kudos to him. He'll be fine. He will definitely be okay. I think there's a lot of places that could use... Not just his on-screen ability, but his creative mind. It always blew my mind that they had these podcasts and these reality shows. And 
I put out there because nobody really liked the Corey and Carmella thing. I was like, what would you guys rather see as like a, a WWE produced show? I had people just saying Bivens face, like just have Bivens make faces all the time. Our moderator, Luis, pointing out that Bivens got dip set on wrestling TV. He did. He had the camera on dip set. Oh, my God. The Diplomats tribute on Stand and Deliver. Luis is very upset about that, as you know, he should be. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, Bivens, it's one of those things where, look, you're over with the wrestling crowd. My hope would be that they say, hey, look, we have nothing for you, but go out there and be a star. You know, like. I know a lot of people said when they got released that Shawn Michaels called them and said, hey, go show them they were wrong. And I hope that a lot of that's the same here because they know that even if it's not a right fit today, that maybe they'll come back and they'll be even better. We are going to come back to this just if if Sean does decide to join us. I don't want to have all of your guys' super chats, humper chats, and questions um, unavailable to him in the process, but I will chime in and say that the nerd guru said that my bangs are on point tonight, and there's just no kinder words that have ever been said. Thank you so much. So we're going to start down with SmackDown, um, and I feel like this should go fairly quickly because we have two super chats about it, and one of them is Ricardo the Bot guy saying, God didn't, bless. didn't watch SmackDown. Here's a couple bucks because you did. So thank you for the sympathy uh, super chat. We really appreciate it. Tonight's SmackDown kicked off with Drew versus Sammy in a steel cage. Um, I thought the match was good. The superplex was great. My only thing with this is, um, why didn't this happen on a pay-per-view? And I, I just, I don't know. Some of these, some of these feel formulaic, man. Like I feel I did like the spot that Sammy had almost escaped, which is a beneficial to him and the story they've been telling and B how you actually win the match. So it, it makes sense. So I like drew pulling him back into superplex him and eventually win with the claymore is what happened in this match. But I just feel like a lot of these steel cage matches are always like one guy's trying to get out. We get one really big spot, but a fun way to kick off the show. Nonetheless, I'm never mad when Sami Zayn is on my screen. I'm not mad when Drew McIntyre is on my screen unless he's accompanied by Madcap freaking Moss. So uh, what did you think of this match? And um, are are you confused that this didn't happen at the pay-per-view instead? I'm not, because I think this is a nice mini feud. They clearly have other plans for Drew McIntyre. I don't think that, you know, Sami was going to do anything beyond what he did here tonight. So let him lose and move on. Uh, Match was fun. There are two great workers that know how to work. I do miss NXT Sami Zayn every day of the week, but <laughs> he has nailed the, you know, coward heel. And I think this was a perfect end to a nice three week story. That's fair. I just, if we're supposed to get like something that is WrestleMania related, I guess this wasn't really WrestleMania related anyway. This was created because. Drew happened to be standing near Sammy, but I just don't understand what is next for either of these because neither well, of their stories well, you know are going to feel next. very backlashy. You know, you know what's, what's next, next for Drew. Drew. We do. Uh, Sammy Zayn will go away until they need someone to hold the Intercontinental title again. And I don't I, think my heart can handle that on top of what we dealt with today. Like, I just love Sammy Zayn so much and I want him. Uh, Sammy Zayn dragged Johnny Knoxville to a WrestleMania match. That I'm pretty sure wasn't going to happen, and he nailed it. Uh, that match was phenomenal. I think Sami Zayn has a job for life. 
WWE because he's proven his like, hey, you want me to wrestle? I can do that. You want me to go get caught in a mousetrap? I'll do that for you, sure. So I think Sami Zayn is an evergreen superstar. Yeah, he can do just about anything. It's incredible his versatility to work to every style. I say it all the time. Like he does their sports entertainment style of things very well. He does professional wrestling very well. Like what a, a versatile talent. And I've just I'm the biggest mark for him. Anything so. but generic, am I right? Yeah. Anything but generic. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. You know what I don't love? What happy that? talk. But that's what we're know. doing right now. This, this is happy talk with Robert and Gabe. Well, we're trying to make it as happy as possible. As I assume Baron Corbin tries to do every week. Baron Corbin is a legit 6'11", badass, golden gloves, boxer. Why is he in a fedora? And why does he look so goofy? And speaking of looking goofy, I think we're about to be joined by somebody. I think... The Sean Ross Sapp is here. How you doing, Sean? Howdy, Come boss. Doing good. These days suck. Uh, they're, yeah. they're the absolute worst. Um, but got to see some family tonight. I was very happy about that. But, uh, Robert, I appreciate you stepping in for me. Kate, I appreciate you taking over hosting duties uh, for me as well. But, yeah, uh, we've, we broke the news, unfortunately, of 10 NXT releases. Uh, we've got more additional information on Fightful Select. Uh, as always, the release info is going to be public free. Even if we post that on select, it won't be behind a paywall. But uh, we're get, we've got a lot more information on Bivens' contract. Uh, I'm going to have more on Dakota Kai's contract tomorrow. Uh, the non-competes, uh, sort of why some were cut and uh, what they were told. A lot of that is on FightfulSelect.com now. I want to thank you guys. Uh, we've we crossed uh, a. I think a new high this week. So I want to thank you guys for that. Uh, we've got a bunch of new good shows on there, but it's, it's a bummer of a day. Like I can tell you it was well known backstage. Malcolm Bivens wanted out of his deal and he's wanted out of his deal for a long time. And the diamond mine thing was like a kind of like, okay, we better use this guy that we've had part for two years. Uh, Dakota Kai had so many looks on the main roster every month. She was doing dark match stuff. Uh, I know Harland was a guy that they just didn't think w was progressing the right way, which how could he possibly progress up to expectations when you got everybody comparing him to Brock Lesnar because they got a haircut and tattoos that are similar? Like, it was not fair to him. Like, he could never possibly live up to that. Uh, you've got some people like Dexter Loomis, who he wasn't wrestling that much before he went to NXT. He had kind of leaned out of that. Um, for, for a while, the most of what he was doing was narration for 10 pounds of gold and that, that incredible series. So it wouldn't shock me to see him popping up back for, uh, NWA in the future as well. But there's a lot of people that really never got started. Um, I reached out to a few of these people. Um, I heard from Dakota Kai who is doing fine. Uh, she kind of saw it coming. Uh, Persia heard back from her said that she was doing fine as well. And uh, I think Bivens is about to throw a goddamn pizza party for himself uh, <laughs> by the sounds of it. But uh, for some of these people, it's good news. For other people, it's not great news. So uh, as always, guys, please uh, act with compassion when you're talking about this type of stuff. 
but uh, it's a it's a really big bummer to ever see stuff like this. Um, these are more in line of what you would have expected out of a developmental thing. There were some people who they clearly didn't have plans for that were cut. There were some people that they didn't see it with that were cut. But I mean, I think after the last two years and what we've been conditioned to, because I, I mean, Robert, you were covering wrestling when they weren't cutting anybody before that. You were, I mean, we saw them go into a, such a talent hoarding mode to where them cutting anybody was like, oh my God, what's happening? Because they wanted to get everybody under contract they possibly could between 2017 and the end of 2019 because AEW had started. I just spoke to Deanna Perrazzo, uh in, in Cincinnati and we talked about how she had to pull out of all in and they said, well, this deal might not be here if you do all in. And as it turns out, not only would that deal have been there, she probably would have got paid double because they would have been competing against AEW to sign her. And then she ended up getting parked for a year and released. Now look at where she is. Look at where Steve Macklin is now. Steve Macklin is doing the best work of his career and people are calling for him to get pushed up the card. Deanna Perrazzo has held every championship outside of of WWE except for the the Impact Championship at this point or the the AEW Championship at this point and who knows how that'll go so definitely not the end of the road for a lot of these people it is very clear Bivens will have offers Dakota Kai will have offers uh Dexter Loomis will have avenues of which to work I would not be shocked if Harland wants to continue I would not be shocked if Court Bauer is ringing his phone like within the next three weeks. L look at what happened with EJ and Duca. Look at what happened with him. He is killing it in MLW right now. Um, there are still some avenues for these people that are, I, I, no pun intended, diamonds in the rough even. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, I'd say definitely the most surprising ones were Draco, Dexter, Persia, Dakota, Bivens, uh, Loomis, all that. Uh, we've got Ricardo saying, what about visas? So at least the way that it worked for the inspiration and Murphy was, and Wolf was, they had like their, their contracted date, which for these people would be 30 days. And they had like a two or three month window to get the hell out. That's when I got the first hint that Buddy Murphy uh, Buddy Matthews had actually been signed somewhere when he was just chilling in the United States, like four and a half, five months after he was released. I was like, he's not allowed to do that. Like <laughs> where do he signed somewhere? So there are people, uh, I I'm not sure of like Persia's residency status, so to speak, but there's, there's, um, you know, there, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of these people. And there are some people, in this group that may never wrestle again. They may not want to, but I appreciate so, you guys for letting me hop on. Yeah. We had a, a kind of quick conversation at the top of the show. And I'm, I'm just curious if you have better insight than I do, because obviously Alex and I rant about this every Tuesday, sure. but you know, I had always said that like championships weren't a measurement wins and losses weren't a measurement. I thought screen time was, but a lot of people that were taking up a lot of screen time in NXT were people that I felt was their version of over, but they just got yeah. released today. So do you have an idea of what the indicator is of how they see NXT being successful? Like how are well, they, they judging talent on well, what's they, successful? They clearly just don't like whatever okay. is, is in NXT. It does not matter if Vince McMahon 
and or Bruce Pritchard do not have plans for you and Johnny Ace doesn't see something in you, you're gone. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you just held a championship, as we've seen. Um, we have seen people that held the the North American championship get cut a few weeks later. So it's it's nothing. If they if anymore, if they don't see a streamlined potential for you on the main roster, they're not gonna keep you hanging around. They'll they're gonna they're gonna cut bait, so to speak. Um this is much closer to the 2014, 2015 NXT than anybody cares to admit. I mean I don't think you're having the quality of matches that you saw back then, but as far as how the company is run, it's run an awful lot like those early WWE network NXT days, so to speak, where you might see Sylvester LaFort and Marcus Louise in a featured program. And then they're fired a couple weeks later because it's just not something that's going to work on the main roster. And that was the method back then. They were hiring Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and those types of people because they saw something for them on the main roster. Now that's what all this is about. It is about creating something for the main roster. Even Tommaso Ciampa is up there. The guy who said, not only would I retire, but I wouldn't have even signed if I knew that I had to go up to the main roster. And where is he right now? Sitting on the main roster with half his name gone. We don't know what he's doing yet. It's looking promising, but we'll see how it goes. Um, if you had to man. shed two of your names, which would you want to go by? Like, what's your main roster name? <sighs> I'm asking the tough questions today. <laughs> mm. Sap, because I get a lot of heel heat with that name. Yeah, you would. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, that like use that and they're like, LMAO, what a sap. Like, good job. I haven't heard that one before. In middle school. There was That's one good. I time, just want to let Bratwater know, know next time you're at GCW, you know. There was one time when I was eight years old and I was at, at uh church youth group and there's this kid that made fun of my first name and he said, I seen scene of the pop machine and I kicked him in the nuts and I said, I seen Derek on the floor. And uh that was that was I was proud of that one. That was a good one. What a badass. That was a good one. I was proud of that one. Very good. Um yeah, but I would probably get rid of the first two, but man, I like the three part name gimmick. I like it. It's a good chanting name. So you might get to keep it. It is. It is. Guys, thank you all so much for uh, letting me, me stop by. I just like pulled in and I was like, I can do this. I can do this. We appreciate you joining. I know today is a rough, rough day. These are not fun. So it did suck. I tried to log off and then I was like, wait, I'm about to spend three hours on the road. There's no way I'm logging off. There's too many stoplights between here and uh, the middle of nowhere where I visit my family. But you know what? <laughs> you know what? I dropped off uh, a bunch of casino money for my grandma. It was a good trip. It was Stop. a good trip. Oh, Grammy, going to the well, casino. Gotta yes. make that money. That, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> my My grandmother, no way, no way. She will not make money there. <laughs> well but guys if thank I you all were a gambling granny i would put my money on fightful select for five dollars bye <laughs> nice thank you to sean for joining us uh we'll go through the rest of your nxt um super chats and humper chats so that we can get back to the wonderful episode of smackdown that was ahead of us 
Joseph Snurt chiming in saying that Sean could be booked as a long lost relative of Bob Sapp. That's a very good call. Very well played. I don't I don't know if that one's gonna work, actually. No, you don't think? No, I don't think. <laughs> something about that doesn't sit right with you. There, there's just something off. I wouldn't be surprised if they've reached out before, but I, I don't know if the family tree is there. You're not gonna sit well. That's fair. That's fair. We've got C chiming in saying Sean kicking nuts to Denise kicking his how poetic. <laughs> that you is gotta protect your nuts, man. The best money ever spent. Robert, you have to do more than protect your nuts. Did you know that? I did actually. You have to make sure that they're looking good, that they're clean. And there is one brand that leads the way in all of it. And it's Manscaped. And I know that Sean was just here, but he's going to come back with this. this He's going to talk about balls. He's going to talk to you about balls and not kicking a little kid in them when he was a child. Surely you didn't think that just because I'm not physically on this show that we would shave off our ad reads, right? Oh no. Oh no. Because we're busy shaving something else off, my friends. Make sure you have those manicured nuts with Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code FIGHTFUL at manscaped.com. Oh man. You don't want to look like you've gone through a main event match with your nutsack. When you're trying to care for them. And Manscaped makes sure that you don't with that perfect package 4.0. The hygiene bundle includes the lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker, boxers, travel kit, and liquid formulations. That lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof with advanced skin safe technology to reduce nicks and cuts. And even has a light to help you with your close shave. The weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. Make sure you whack those nasty weeds in your delicate holes. And it also has proprietary skin-safe technology. But even beyond that, you get the boxers. You get the travel bag. They've got a foot duster. They've got a crop reviver. It's a ball toner, of all things. Plus the crop preserver to prevent chafing. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FIGHTFUL manscaped.com what a liar he was like i'm not on the show today turns out yes he is but we also had that lovely read from manscaped go to manscaped.com use the code fightful we appreciate it um this is a fantastic call if eddie kingston was on rampage i would probably save it for this redeemed these nuts with the code fightful on manscaped I love Eddie Kingston. I love him so much. Uh, back to your super chats and humper chats. Uh, we've got Bill. We call him Bill Alphabet because I just butcher his last name every time. Says love the love the sparkle in Kate's eyes when a segue comes, guys. It's just like a gift that falls into your lap. Sometimes, sometimes you got to work for him. Sometimes you got to make those segues. To, to dick pills and protein cereals happen, but not today. Sometimes they just arrive right for you. Um, Michael Dammit had asked earlier about the visas, and we had Sean that was there for uh, to answer that, which was really nice. We appreciate that from him. Mark Wasper saying, I hope Dan Housen curses Vince, and he treads on Legos barefoot forever. 
I hope the best for the wrestlers, but the worst for the company. Yeah, it's days like this suck. There, there's no way around it. But um, yeah, I, I'm it, thankful that we're in a friendlier landscape than we were five, ten years ago. There's, there's much, many, many more places for people to work than to just hit the indies or, or to move on with their lives should they choose to continue down that path. And I hope that a lot of them do. Honestly, so many of them have the talent there. Harland, you, you know, Sean mentioned EJ and Duca. Look at Tay Conti, who was released from the Performance Center, and we're like, all right, well, she wasn't really doing much. I guess no harm, no foul. Shows up on AEW and just kills it. Sometimes they need to go somewhere else and be somewhere else. It's true, and that's also not always the fault of the company. In a lot of cases, I feel like with WWE, we've seen that it is. But some places just cater to the style of pro wrestling you're working. I don't know if Eddie Kingston works well in WWE. And he's like my favorite behind Punker, right? So I just feel like people find the homes that they truly belong in a lot of the times. And that's what we hope for the talent is that they get to go and work somewhere where they're happy and making a living. Uh, Mark Cole saying that SRS is a real baller here. It's true. You know, he's got his house now. So he's living the luxury life. Mark Quill chiming in saying it's hard to develop a uh, territory. It's hard to be when, a develop a development territory when, when developers develop- just demolish things at random without warning, either a tip about construction or for NXT or both. You know, maybe we got a construction gimmick coming in. That's all they do now is run gimmicks. This Kiana James is like a statistician. I I cannot believe this. It looks like we're back in 92 with some of these gimmicks. I know yeah. you and Alex have a field day every Tuesday night. But... Well, that one, I was just, I literally called her Pornhub Patty because, like, she, she was, like, a sexy statistician. <laughs> like, I didn't know, like, what are we doing? That looks like a very specific trope and a very... We're crunching the genre. numbers, Kate. Just because that number happens to be 69 every time doesn't make her Pornhub Patty, okay? She's Kiana James. So, have some respect. I'm so mad my blue light glasses aren't here and I could just talk. Um, we've got some more super chats and humper chats about this. Joseph Snurk saying happy for Coda and Bivens as they seem to have both wanted out anyway. Yeah, it, it seems that way, but I feel awful for Harland who's getting married. I think he just got married in Persia who just bought a house on a lighter note. Robert, is that a motorhead shirt? It is a motorhead shirt. It's motorhead and triple H got it on. Time to play the game. I love me some Lemmy. You know, Triple H is one of the best of all time. So, yeah, it is a Motorhead shirt. I like it. The Nerd Guru chiming in saying, I thought the entire point of butchering NXT into the rainbow-colored mess was to make new stars ahead of people who weren't wrestlers prior, and yet they do this. WTF, man. Yeah, it's, um... Like I said, I have no idea what their measuring stick for success is. We I asked Sean about that specifically. He doesn't think anybody has a beat on it. It's just if Vince likes you, I guess. Um, oh, but uh, it's, it's Vince, just Vince is getting up there in age. I think the measuring stick for success changes every single day, if you know what I mean. It's not as concrete as it was maybe 20, 30 years ago. But I think at this point, it just comes down to, hey, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Honestly, just as a viewer, that's what it looks like. Okay, they woke up today. They're done with the Duja angle. They're gone. And half the talent in it, mysteriously. You know, if you uh, need to clean up your measuring step, you can go to manscaped.com and use the code FIFA at checkout. I'll tell you that much. 
We got C chiming back in saying with Persia house thing, I saw someone excuse as it's a job as if it's normal for people to move houses and then let go. Very strange. People act really weird on the internet about this. Um, it, it's frustrating to see. And it's also, that doesn't make it suck any less. If somebody lost an accounting job and just bought a house, that would suck too. Um, yeah. I, I don't understand people's behavior around stuff like this. I saw someone say people get released every day, but it sucks. And I'm like, but not from contracts. Contracts are often something that goes to the end. And the more important part of this to me, and the part that I find the most frustrating about it is most people in any job don't get fired when they're really damn good at their job. That's the problem I have, is that Dakota Kai is a fantastic worker and has done everything they asked her to and done it damn well. Malcolm Bivens is like the only exciting manager under the age of 60 that we've seen in a really, really long time. I get frustrated when people are punished for doing exactly what's asked of them and for doing their job damn well. Job damn well. It makes no sense to me. And it, it's the part that upsets me the most, especially with in-ring performers who literally are putting their lives on the line every time they get in the ring. The mental toll that that takes on you, the emotional toll that that takes on you, your long-term health being compromised. It, it feels like they make these decisions in a flippant way. And that is so unfair when people are sacrificing so much about it. Sean Breslin chiming in saying that absolutely heartbroken. Dakota has been my favorite in all of NXT since 2018. Bought her action figure literally a week ago. But she'll succeed. She's far too good not to. She already has succeeded and she'll succeed no matter where she goes. Huh, the reality is work, these people... Uh, from one Sean to another. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. Look, look, the reality is these people make their own success. Look at the inspiration who, yes, they're currently stepping away from the ring, but they did it all and they're able to have, you know, a good six months without WWE. I mean, Diana to me is is the perfect example. Diana, I said this on Wednesday, the way I feel about Adam Cole as a men's wrestler, I think Diana Perrazzo is as a women's wrestler. She is the best not in WWE currently and... The only reason she's not in WWE is because they let her go. She, yeah. You know, well, sometimes true. you need to go explore your horizons. But a lot of times, you know, some people aren't as motivated to. Once the dream is gone, the dream is gone. And those are the people I feel for the most. And I hope that everyone released today knows that there's other paths. Absolutely. We've got Jonathan Hedman chiming in saying, it's simple. If creative doesn't have anything for wrestlers, fire creative, not no, wrestlers. Gonna, just, my head. This is where I get confused because I don't know how long, you know, Johnny Ryder over here had to know that Duja or uh, Persia was getting released. I don't know if they know anything like that. I would love to know how much of a heads up they get because I'm sure they've got to feel as distraught as we do. Kind of, but I will say when the writers are doing things like writing a tag team tournament where the winners of that tag team tournament ask to be cashed in for a single title now, shot. Now, to be fair... They're not great. <laughs> to be fair, when you've got one or two people that can veto everything and overrule everything, does it really matter what you bring to the dance? True. I, I We'll never know, I guess, what that give and take is, but either way, whatever is coming out of there is ugly and not good and makes no sense. And you can hear me whine about it every Tuesday with Alex Pulaski on the NXT 2.0. You know, I had said this to you on on Tuesday. I had said, my God, you guys get paid to just vent. And I think that that is, 
you and Alex have slipped into something beautiful on Tuesday nights. Shout out it to is Tower Graphs. not a review show. It is a weird variety show at this point. I keep saying that because at some point we just started doing insane impressions and singing songs. And because the product is so bad, we had to get away from it. We got Mark Quill chiming in saying, feeling down, not just about myself, but for the many talented people who were let go from WWE today. I hope they land on their feet. They will wherever they their careers take them. Just wanted to give a tip of support to my favorite Fightful folks. Have a great weekend. I'm sorry you're having a down day, Mark, but we always appreciate the support that you have. I hope you know that it's mutual. We've got a really loving community here. And from me to you, I've got so much love for you. We got Look, here, Here's the thing, bud. First of all, you're great. So don't stay down. Look, I know it's a crappy day. People got released. Dakota's gone. Bivens is gone. But they're going to do so much better now. And you got to keep that same energy going forward. Tomorrow's a new day. You're going to be better. It's all going to be great. I love that from Robert. I need that like in a voicemail sent to me. And I'll just play it every morning. <laughs> Shauna Walensky chiming in and saying, let's not forget Dakota and Persia are from New Zealand and Australia, which is a whole other kind of problem. It is. Uh, and Robert, Adam Cole is the best in the world, baby. That's You know what? That's right. That is right, Shauna. That, that is a, a super chat worth Touting and singing <laughs> from the heavens. Adam Cole, Kate, is the best wrestler in the world. He's the best wrestler in the world. And you know who else signed off on that? Shawn Michaels and Triple H. You know why? Because when they were running NXT, they knew talent. And Adam Cole True, carried the flag. CM Punk is the best in the world, and he's been the best in the world since day one when he walked into that company. Thank you very much. He was, Still he was better way right before he walked into that company. CM Punk is fantastic, too. He, he's he is the best in the world. I could do a 13-minute promo about it, but I won't. I, I've seen you do it. It's very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. It's alarming how much of it I know off the top of my head. Bill Alphabet saying impressions and songs, you know, wrestling. Probably closer to NXT than I care to admit, to be honest. But we got Shotkin29 saying, can't wait for the drones to compare seemingly random releases to not re-signing people at the end of their contracts. There's a very big difference there. The, um, only, the only drone in this community worth paying attention to is Vanguard 1, and he is currently off guarding House Hardy somewhere deep in North Carolina. That is a very good point. And a very entertaining drone, more than the Twitter bots. Ricardo the Bot Guy saying, Dakota to Impact, Hathaway to AEW for Jade. Boy, oh boy, are their fantasy booking possibilities out my ears with both uh, Dakota and with Hathaway, uh, Stokely Hathaway, Malcolm Bivens crossover there. Um, you know, I want to I, I point this out because I saw a lot of people saying, TK, get on the phone like yesterday for Dakota Kai. Judging based on just the straight up booking of women's wrestling in the United States currently. Get on the phone, if I'm one of them, with Scott Demore, because Impact Wrestling's Knockouts division is probably the strongest women's division going today. I would love to see Dakota in AEW if oh, they're going to do right by her. Yeah, I would love to see it. I am extremely critical of the AEW women's division as anybody who has breathed in the same circle as me knows, but I will say... This week, I feel like, was very, very encouraging. I think there was a lot of care paid. I hope they sustain it. 
I will not go on a rant because we are like already an hour into the show and haven't reviewed the shows that we're talking about, but we have Mark Lossworth chiming in saying, moreover, the this happens in all jobs all the time doesn't fly with how restrictive WWE's treatment of apparent independent contractors is. That's, that's a, correct. That's a chat for another podcast, but you know. <laughs> but right it's on. true. Like there's people do get released from their jobs all of the time. One, independent contractors usually have their contracts run out. And two, that also doesn't make it suck any less. Like just because it ha- like it sucks for Joe the garbage man too. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make it suck any less. But we're gonna get into the shows that we were here to talk about, Robert. What do you think about that? I think that's a great idea, Kate. Let's get through the rest of SmackDown. Before Sean was joining us, we were trying to have our own happy talk. You and I have happy talk, but I'll tell you what, Baron Corbin trying to take someone's butterscotch Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy away does absolutely nothing for me. I don't care. To be fair, Kate, to be fair, it was his trophy first. He won it back in 2016. Okay, he called dibs. That's all you got to do. It's his trophy. He took it back. He can do whatever he wants with it. We have a super chat coming in saying, Kate, what do you think of stardom? I think that the people that ask about stardom are Alex, Queen of the Ring. I watch it far too casually to give uh, a great opinion on it. It's not an informed opinion. I have talents there that I like. Go follow Queen of the Ring on Twitter. Alex is fantastic. And our own Lily has a great handle on Joshi. That is Church not- of Joshi every Sunday yes. at noon on Twitch. I believe that's uh, twitch.tv slash Kayla Vision. If I botched that, I apologize. No, that's you nailed it. That's fantastic. Um, it, it's just not the thing I could t- connect to the most. And I already watch a whole lot of wrestling. So it's a lot. If I had the time... I would absolutely watch more stardom. But I'm already spread thin as it is with all this wrestling and all this happy talk, Kate, because when friends who wear fedoras and suspenders are fighting, they do it in front of the whole world on something called happy talk. I gotta say, I don't hate this because they're doing something with the Andre trophy. It's been like six years and they haven't done anything with this trophy until right now. Because everybody else who held it got released, except for Jay Uso. But what are you gonna um, do? What I did not love about this was Corbin had said something like that. Uh, Madcap was bringing down the show with the jokes, and while that's true, he was also constantly requesting them. So I thought that was really dumb. That was a stupid thing to put in there. I just don't care. I feel like the split had an opportunity to go one of two ways: the wrong way, the direction they're going. Or the good way, which is that they shed all of the stupid crap around these gimmicks and let Madcap Moss become Riddick Moss or somebody that we can actually sink our teeth into on some level. Baron Corbin is kind of transitioning back to the heel that was the most effective in in my opinion. So we are at least getting that, but I just cannot be bothered to care about this at all. Like I'm Uh. just not not invested in this our moderator wants to know when corbin and moss was announced for backlash it was announced uh last week following their altercation they might have saved it for talking smack you're forgiven for not covering multiple multiple hours of wrestling but yeah they announced it last week i think here's the thing corbin is phenomenal it's a stupid gimmick but the dude is phenomenal riddick moss had a has a ton of upside, 
Paul Heyman likes him. I see great things for Riddick Moss. Just get rid of the suspenders. Get rid of the fedoras. Let's get these two back to fighting mode. And then I think we got something. We just got to shed the layers, which they won't do until it's too late. This was not that. This was dumb. And it's about a trophy. And I'm sick of fighting over trophies and motorcycles and scooters and swords. Do better. This is not good. Mark Osmer saying, you know who else is better than Madcap? Canyon and literally everyone else. It, it, Canyon, it's not... Shout out to Canyon. Shout uh, out to Canyon. Love me some Chris Canyon. You know? Why not? Um, innovative, the innovator of offense. Um, yeah, this this was nothing. Well, this was maybe like a Canyon segment in WWE because those weren't great because that's just how sports entertainment goes sometimes. Uh, I think one and done in for the, the direction of not athletic or entertaining. Exactly. And I think a one and done for this feud would be fine for me. They won't do it once. They'll do it like five times in one week, but we'll see how it goes. Speaking of things that aren't great, uh, Shanky versus Ricochet for the IC title. I am excited to see Ricochet fighting. I am excited to see it being not an open challenge, but kind of have that feel where I feel like this title is going to get a lot of defenses. It automatically makes it feel more important. Fighting Shanky does not feel very important. This felt to me like watching um, Ricochet fight. Like it reads very similar to Von Wagner to me, where it's just like stiff, big guy, not really working too well. I wasn't a fan of this match. I thought Ricochet did a good job trying to make him look good, trying to sell really hard, trying to fight from underneath a lot. Ricochet has a really great crossbody that I think is underrated because it's such a simple move. But when you execute simple moves extremely well, you start to realize how much not great executed ones look in comparison. Like that crossbody looks textbook. Um, I don't really have a ton to say about this match other than that. What do you have to say about this match, Robert? As you said, Ricochet took care of this stiff big guy. And if you want to take care of yours, go to manscaped.com. <laughs> um, look, in light of today's events, I'm happy to see Shanky getting used because it was very clear that he was brought on for NXT India, which just went poof along with everything else NXT. So it's nice that he's gotten some time. I don't need to see Shanky versus Ricochet again. Agreed. And I don't know if we will. I think that'll probably go towards Jinder Mahal. Um, so I, I I do like that. I think it's going to be rotating. I think we're going to see it featured more, which is good. We have another super chat coming in from I am Lelucha saying, I feel like folks who say that people get fired every day have never loved what they do for a living. Have some compassion, y'all. Love you, Team Kebab. And we love you. That's we do. And point. I think you nailed it, by the way, bud. Yeah, For and real. it takes zero dollars to not be an asshole online. So just don't. Um, or in real life, it's it's yeah. really easy to just not tag people when you're fantasy booking them elsewhere, or the people saying like who should have been fired in their place stuff. Like it's all just it's just really short-sighted and just think before you hit send for the love of god mark losper saying sports entertainment rules when it's getting yelled at in aew by eddie kingston partner yeah that that's been a whole mess of fun that we'll get to talk about in a little bit but right now we're going to talk about something that i have mixed feelings about we had raquel gonzalez versus kat cardoza layla gray 
who we've seen in AEW a few times. I had the pleasure of interviewing her uh, a few months ago at a podcast called Front Row Materials. Fantastic talent, star power that she's picked up through influences of other things in her life. Like she's a very multifaceted entertainer. She looks great here. Raquel Gonzalez, I thought looked great in her in-ring debut. This happy, smiley butterfly crap, though, has got to go. The Raquel Gonzalez that we knew, or now Raquel Rodriguez, excuse me, um, this is not it. She was a dominant champion. Her size should do all of the talking. I don't understand why she's being presented gotta, in this. Like, you've got to smile team. more, Kate. Kate, you're on Fox Network now, Kate. This is the big time. You need to smile more. You need to emote because people are simpletons who cannot get any other emotion but happy or sad. That's it. I you need know? to smile and- more and get my fishnets out, according to Athena, I guess. But um, I this package is just, it's not connecting at all. It and- feels so staged and inauthentic. The Hispanic representation I won't speak to because I am extremely white. I went to a tulip farm earlier. That's how white I am. But it to me, it reads as very cartoonish. Like, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but like, it reads as like this extremely scripted, inauthentic Hispanic representation. Anything that Eddie Guerrero was not is what this feels like to me. Um, I liked the match. Hate this package for Raquel. I think they have been chasing authentic Spanish representation since the day Rey Mysterio stopped being a full-time WWE <laughs> superstar. Because That's- they had it with Rey, they had it with Eddie, they tried in the uh, 2010s to take a certain somebody to that path, and they couldn't even let him be him. They had to color it up over the top, too. Raquel will be fine. She has to make it through this early onslaught of let's change who you were in NXT. Obviously, if we were all fantasy booking, Raquel would have been in the Royal Rumble. She would have dominated. She would have fought Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Yeah, like that's what we would have done. That's not what we get. I'm glad they're using enhancement talent. I think that that's a great use of local talent instead of, you know, taking the people on your dwindling roster and squashing them to nothing. And I think Raquel will be all right. I still think the name change from Gonzalez to Rodriguez is the most arbitrary thing <laughs> that's ever existed, but it's okay. Yeah, I, the name change doesn't bother me all that much. Um, we have Mark Losper asking for the Tulip Farm story over SmackDown, please. Well, I surprised my mom, who loves tulips, by taking her to Holland Ridge Farms uh, in in South Jersey. It's a beautiful farm with acres and acres of land i posted it on my social media earlier we had the most lovely day it was beautiful out we got to pick some tulips it was way more entertaining than smackdown just rows and rows and rows of color it was so did much you tiptoe through any of those tulips kate did i tiptoe through them a little bit to be honest but you know there you to, go we got to we got to have a really really nice day sean got to see his family i got to see my mom my mom rules um, it was an absolute blast. So I was having a really good day. And then I got in the car and I see a tweet that says, Malcolm Bivens and Dakota Kai have been released. And I was like, well, that was a nice afternoon that just came crashing down. Ah. <laughs> Especially as someone that has to watch NXT 2.0. Now the most entertaining parts of it just keep getting ripped away more and more. But 
you know what is actually kind of entertaining? What's that? This Gunther promo. I don't hate what they're doing with Gunther. I don't like it as much as I liked Walter, but it feels at least like they've connected the dots a little bit here. This was fine. This was harmless. What did you think of this? Gunther, like, they seem to get it with him. I don't want to be too, you know, overzealous. They seem to get it. I like it. Here's the thing. Unlike Keanu James, who I feel like is just randomly from the 1990s, with Gunther, he feels like a throwback in the best way possible. And I hope that they don't lose what they have. I think so, too. And um, I'm cautiously, cautiously optimistic because it seems to have translated pretty well to the main roster. Um, I'm looking forward to what Gunther has to bring forward. I don't understand not bringing Fabian Eichner up with them. I I really thought he was going to be one of the wise guys since he is Italian, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, it's a, a little bizarre, and he was the in-ring standout of, of the tag team, I always felt. Um, but we move along to this RK Bro Usos contract signing, and we later learn in the same episode that this unification mm. that has been dragged out for like a month is actually not going to be unification. It is going Unreal. to be a six-man with Drew aligned with RK-Bro and Roman aligned with the Usos. Um, unless this is for all the titles eventually, this is the dumbest, most boring, dragged out drone of a storyline. I love watching RK-Bro in the ring with the Usos. They have put off the unification for like at least three weeks, which is absolutely absurd in itself. And now we're just not even going to get it. It better be all the titles on the line at Backlash or none of this is going to feel A, important, or B, like, at all, just just feels like more bait and switch, I guess. I didn't want them unifying the titles because there's already enough unimportant feeling things on these shows. But to say you're going to do it and then not do it is lamer than if you had just done it. (laughs) What do you think of this contract signing? I think most contract signings are boring. Um, this I, felt like I couldn't care line. less about putting pen to paper. They never work out in wrestling anyway. Here's the deal. I want to know why, Kate. We have built backlash around one match, and it ain't a world title match. It's tag team unification, and they just said, nah, nah. nah. Like, you know, I we got Roman, we got Drew, which is the right way to go for the world title. It's a very simple fix, Kate. Hey, Roman's in the match, Paul. You got what you wanted. He's defending as well. And if the Usos lose to Randy, guess what? Drew is now the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. I there We got one week to go. I'm hoping that they do that. Uh, look, this this is laughable. I, I texted people, I said, make it make sense. Because this is the kind of stuff where I will defend week-to-week booking just as someone who has to watch it week-to-week against, you know, people who have just lost it and their naysayers. But like this uh, Super Chat from Mark Quill says, WWE, nothing matters. That's the new slogan. Because when you do things like this, how do you possibly say... Hey, everything that we're doing matters because we're telling you 
that they're going to unify those tag titles at Backlash. I don't know. I understand getting Roman on the card, but I don't understand sacrificing the one thing you built towards on this show. There are less titles and they have still made them mean less somehow. That's almost an impressive feat. Um, so we move along. It only gets worse to this butch nonsense. The um, rabid wildebeest. I will say that every time, Kate, because I think it's hysterical that Pat McAfee said rabid wolverine and just probably went backstage and got quite the tongue lashing. Oh, and I'm sure that, that got edited out. I, that I'm poor sure man probably didn't know what he was in for. The rabid wildebeest butch, Kate. The scrappy do of world wrestling entertainment. But he's nowhere to be found, Robert. He's nowhere to be found. And sometimes you want to go off the grid, to be honest. Sometimes you don't need people knowing your location, especially when you're traveling and your internet isn't necessarily secure. Well, we have an incredible sponsor who invested a lot in Fightful who could take care of you with that in NordVPN. I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region blocked or out of my area, so to speak, because I've got NordVPN.com slash Fightful. Now, you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights. Avoid missing your shows because they're region blocked. And get 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself and how can you pass up that deal? 70% off plus one additional month free. NordVPN.com slash Fightful or use that code Fightful. It's a damn fine VPN, Kate. Let me tell you, using NordVPN long before they sponsored us, damn fine VPN. Go support them. They support us. The Brian Danielson of VPNs, just like the greatest, maybe the greatest of all time. You can take all that money that you saved, by the way, and you can go and spend it at Fightful Select where you can read more and more details on the latest and greatest breaking news. Not always the best stuff today. Um, but there are details for you at Fightful Select. Sean did mention that it's not paywalled. Um, and certainly the news of the releases is never paywalled. It's right out there on Twitter for you. Uh, but I'm sure there will be more and more to come down the pipeline. There always is. Sean is a busy, busy man. But back to this butch crap. I'm not in on it. It's stupid. It's boring. And speaking of boring, I hate 50-50 booking and... The only thing I hate more than that, buddy, is when you get 50-50 booking of one feud in one episode. I don't understand how they managed to pull this off, but la-di-da, Xavier Woods beat Ridge Holland again with the Backwoods. I love Xavier Woods. I have no desire to see this on my screen. It's been done to death. And then we have Sheamus versus Kofi. Sheamus going over here, so they are evenly matched. Biggie's not coming back anytime super soon, I don't think. So we're not going to get some sort of blow off with him and Butch. I don't understand 
how this is being dragged out. They did a pathetic job building it going into Mania. They are dragging it out further. I can't stand 50-50 booking to have it twice or to accomplish the 50-50 in one episode is something that is uh, I'm not, I'm, not great. Yeah, I'm not going to crap on this too much because I like four out of the five. I like Pete Dunne. I like Woods. I like Kofi and I love Sheamus. Sheamus is great. Sheamus is at this point like legend status because he's been there what 13 years at this point. Um they're working really, really uh uphill here because Biggie was supposed to be here. The whole thing was supposed to be, hey, New Day's back together for the first time in years. And that's fine. But they have just run this into the ground. I don't want to see it anymore. Next week, we get a tables match. I'm excited about that because I do like tables. I do like New Day. And again, Sheamus is fun. But th- this Butch thing, I don't hate it as much as I probably should. And I think it's because Pete Dunn is giving it his all because he's probably like, hey, if if it fails, I just go back to being Pete Dunn on the indies or whatever. He's doing the most he can with it. And I am entertained even though I know he should probably be fighting Ricochet for the IC title. Yeah, or, you know, just be named Pete Dunne. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I'd be more angry if it That's was, true. hey, he's Pete Dunne, but now he's wearing, you know, he's like the little rascals and he's got a temper problem. Well, you move into Drew Gulak just apparently either having piss them off backstage or something. Cause I don't know what you, why you would do this to any performer. Never mind someone that's as skilled as, as true Kulak, but we have the nerd guru chiming in saying maybe, and probably because of the releases, but SmackDown was so bad. What's the excuse all the other weeks? I would love to know, but for the love of all that is good. And this Rhonda and Charlotte thing, it's not working. And all Rhonda's shine has worn off. It's gone. Who could possibly care? Kai deserves better. Um, Kai deserves better. And I think, quite frankly, Ronda Rousey would be the first person in the world to tell you that Kai deserves better. Uh, Charlotte and Ronda have missed for me every single week since Ronda Rousey has won the Royal Rumble. And I think it's because I threw my hands up when Ronda dropped Becky and said, I'm just not going to pick you just to get under your skin. So I'm going to go fight the other one because they deserve better than that. These are two women who are at the top of their field. This should be a hell of a feud, a hell of a match. And it just feels like, meh. and that, I don't know what that is, but it's been a miss. It's been a miss. I think the upsetting thing is there's a story that's incredible right there of Rhonda being the most dominant woman in combat sports for a really long time and Charlotte being the most dominant WWE women's competitor of all time. Why not just go for, hey, we're the best. Let's see what we can do against each other. It's so easy right there. But we have two beat the clock challenge situations. And this has been the extent of women's matches for the past two weeks on SmackDown. This is what we've gotten. We got Shotzi versus Evolution, Ronda. baby. I, it's, it's just so insulting. I also just don't understand how we haven't gotten to Ronda versus Shayna Baszler when there's it's so obvious and right there. But anyway, all that to say, Charlotte goes to a time limit draw against Aaliyah for the love of God. Charlotte lost uh, because of Charles Robinson, but blames Drew Gulak 
because uh, our moderator put for reasons and beats the crap out of him. I I just, what did you think of these matches or whatever um, with Shotzi and Ronda and then Charlotte and Aaliyah? I mean, I, I just can't believe they had Aaliyah go over here. And I also have a hard time believing that Charlotte gives a, that much of a crap about the beat the clock challenge that she would beat the ever-loving crap out of Drew Gulak. And I can't believe this is what we Well, Aaliyah didn't go over. It was a draw. A draw. I'm sorry. She didn't technically go over, you know. I'm just glad that Aaliyah and Shotzi get TV time. Because Aaliyah was in developmental purgatory forever. Shotzi Blackheart deserves all the things in the world. They have dropped the ball completely. I will always root for her. This was dumb. You don't blame Charles Robinson, Kate, because you don't blame family. Okay, little Nate has probably been at every birthday party that Charlotte's had since she was like 12. So you don't blame family. You blame the poor other guy that's just sitting there for reasons. All right, that's that's what happened there. The and gymnastics that you just did to make any sense of that is actually impressive. That is why I'm here. That's why, that's why I'm not on these shows because I will stretch <laughs> to get some logic. And sometimes you just can't have that. Look, Shotzi... Deserves better. I'll say it every single time. Charlotte is, for better or worse, the best at her job. And I think that she has not been treated like it for like two years now. And I really need to see the queen kick some ass at some point between now and next WrestleMania. Yeah, this has been a very uneventful reign for her. And what bums me out is I actually thought it was going to start off really strong with her being the opportunity. I was kind of liking that rendition of her. And it's just fallen flat since they were shoving Tony Storm with pies. It's just been bad. But we have some super chats coming in from a double shot of Marks. We got Mark Quill saying Tony Khan was right. The bots are coming and they're hoarding. Must be NXT 2.0 viewers too. Sounds like all the spam messages I get on Instagram. Really, it's Or sometimes in our chat when we don't uh, when we get weirdos that are chiming in with their their bot videos stuff. But thankfully we have incredible moderators that take care of that for us. So thank you wonderful moderators. We got Mark Lossberg chiming in saying Butch has proved that Vince doesn't understand heat now. Scrappy do generate a go away heat on Saturday morning cartoon. Why is that used as a gimmick? Alternative so thought. Alternative thought pattern here. Scrappy do is one of the most legitimately hated Saturday morning cartoon characters that there is today. Maybe, just maybe, Vince McMahon is a genius who understands that Scrappy do is a legitimately hateable character and says, Butch, I, I bequeath this unto you. Go run and make money with it. Maybe. I... All right. <laughs> quite energized for 1240 in the morning. Am I not, Kate? You are. And I just, I'm not here to justify your terrible ideas. Because I'm also not here to justify Joel Pearl's terrible ideas, which he is full of. One of our wonderful moderators, but wishes the worst on us with WW Creative. He said, telling y'all, Drew Gulak, We'll end up counting the three as a replacement referee in the match on the paper. Well, thankfully, that can't happen, Joel, because it's an I quit match. If you yeah, would watch Joel. the product, Joel, yeah, Joel. Pearl, this man you have anything more child. important going on in your life in recent months? This man Nobody. is raising a child, and I, I, it, I fear. I fear for it. Mark Lossifer saying, I'm literally booing Robert at my they, house right now. I there you go. Scrappy-Doo works. There you go. It works. It you see that? 
no hard pass hard pass but you know what i won't take a hard pass on aw rampage tonight you mean we get to talk about wrestling now we get to talk about wrestling it is amazing how quickly i was just like oh my god swerve and darby what a fun opener i loved 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 this match um you could tell that they were super familiar with each other um, we started off and like in a really early part of the sequence, we saw Darby Allen counter into a rear chin lock. Um, and from that moment on, I was like, oh, this is going to be a different Darby match. This is going to be more than him doing insane spots and fighting from behind. Like this was so good. Swerve's knee strikes countering the Tope Suicida I thought was awesome. Um, there was a really, really nice vertical suplex from Swerve here. I My notes say duplex, which I thought was really fun. Ultimately, Darby wins with a Ricky Starks distraction, distracting Sting and Darby. Um, and so Darby's going to go on to the Owen. Um, I just thought this was such a fantastic opener. You could tell these two were familiar before. Another week where we didn't get entrances. I'm guessing that was um, for time, but... This is a case where mm. I kind of missed it because they both have awesome entrances. We get a segment later in the night, too, where we see a very nice show of respect and Swerve even saying, I'm kind of rooting for you, Darby. Like, I this this was a, a friendly match here. I feel a little split on this because I felt like they both could have used wins. I think we've seen Swerve come in, and he doesn't necessarily need wins as a newer guy, but the, he's taken a few losses here. I'm so excited about the the tag match that he's going to be involved in, though, that I don't actually really care all that much. But from a wrestling perspective, I would like to see Swerve get some more W's. What did you think of this match? And what did you think of uh, the show of respect that we got later on? The match itself was phenomenal. These are two men that know each other very well, have worked all across in different promotions. I love watching Darby Allen wrestle because everything he does, there is intent. He's got to be like 120 pounds and he uses every bit of that weight and makes everything he does hurt not only his opponent, but himself. Uh, Ricky Starks creeping up on Sting was one of the (laughs) funniest moments and it works. We get a uh, the Darby Allen pin that I'm forgetting the name of. I like that move. It seems legitimately hard to get out of. It looks like we're getting maybe Sting. Maybe Sting Darby at a uh, uh, double or nothing against Hobbs and Starks if Darby doesn't go all the way. The reason I think they did this, I think we're getting Darby and Jeff in the Owen. I think that's a good excuse to just get that match out of the way. Um, Starks and Hobbs should be tag team champions. Starks needs to wrestle more. Swerve needs to wrestle more. Uh, I got no complaints. This is just a fun match. I loved this. I thought it was a really nice start to Rampage. I thought it was nice to see the side of Darby Allen. We don't always get to see it. I think him and MJF had a fantastic match at full gear, but this is the most we've seen Darby doing some like serious map wrestling or more wrestling, less stunt focused type style stuff. Um, and I, I thought it was so much fun. And you could tell these guys faced each other a million times before. Um, and we get a really fun uh, Sean Spears promo where, where he talks about, uh, uh, quite frankly, where he talks about PP a little bit, but I think stood for either pinnacle power or pinnacle potential. Pinnacle potential. Pinnacle potential. Beautiful. He was saying that, you know what, Warlow, you used to have some PP, but now you don't. 
you gotta love that at what 10 15 at night or whatever on a friday i'll take it i thought this was really fun it's going to be morrissey versus wardlow which uh was hinted at by mjf on dynamite i think that's fine for a one-off i don't necessarily need to see a ton of morrissey in AEW as like a consistent act nothing against him i just don't know what he brings that isn't already there right now. Maybe we'll see something in this match and it'll prove me wrong. But I think for a one-off, why not? He is a really big, strong dude. He's super tall. He can do things with Wardlow that not every competitor probably can. And uh, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. What did you think of the promo and what they're setting up? Tall Paul. (laughs) Because they doubled down, because they doubled down, I think it's Big Show. See, oh, I was thinking it's okay. probably Morrissey, but because they doubled down, look, who doesn't want to see Big Show turn heel for like the 50th time in his career? You know? <laughs> Me, uh, I don't. I prefer you know, not to. Maybe it's Captain Insano. Maybe they're, you know, they did trademark that. Maybe that's what they're doing here. I think it'll be fun. I think Wardlow's fun. If it is Morrissey, great. Dude has worked his ass off and he continues to do so. I just think this will be a lot of fun. Uh, listen, guys, if you have PP, you got to take care of it. Manscaped.com, code Fightful. Um, no, I just, I think it'll be Big Show. But if it's not, if it's Morrissey, great. That is fair. I put on Twitter a, a who is it going to be wrong answers only thing. And we got a lot of really fun ones. Ironically, one that came up was Malcolm Bivens. I think that would be really fun. He's obviously bigger, taller, and stronger than then Wardlow, Marco Stunt was another one that came up. And our own Sean Ross Sapp was brought up quite a few times because, as we know, he is incredibly, incredibly tall. So uh, I I think it'll be fun regardless of what direction it goes. Sean's like 7'2", right? Like Sean's, I, I think he's 8'7". That's what I usually roll with. So um, I, I think whatever they bring, whether they're swerving us or not, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I said... Um, on the Mark Order podcast that I do on Wednesdays the other day that like, I'm so impressed by the way that Wardlow and Wheeler Yuta just between the last pay-per-view and this one are just bonafide stars. Now it actually kind of blows my mind how they were both raised slowly enough that they're ready for this. And it makes sense, but very quickly they've become stars. And I, I think it's one of the most exciting things to see stars get made in front of you. How much fun is that? And I also think Daniel Garcia and Ricky Starks are, are right there. This next wave coming up, I think is so much fun. I still think honestly that they, they messed up with the pinnacle because that was a group of five guys that we should have a lot more fun with. Wardlow is a star. You couldn't prolong that forever. And it's been great to see his rise. Agreed. Agreed. We got the wrestling wind down saying Wardlow section link up. Go listen to the Wrestling Wind Down podcast on anywhere you get your podcast feed. Wrestling Wind Down is fantastic. Low is great. Go listen today. Go listen tomorrow. Listen every day. (laughs) I love it. And I also love our moderator, Luis, who said, Pride and Powerful, save us from Y2J on commentary briefly. (laughs) We're going to get Santana and Y2J on Dynamite uh, next Wednesday. This was fun, kind of predictable. I wish this took Y2J out of commentary entirely, especially because we got my favorite TV announcer, Ian Riccoboni, later on. I just felt like it got a little crowded. So if you're going to do something like this, you might as well just scoot Jericho off. Um, but this is Ugh. this is fun. This is fine. This is harmless. 
What did you think of the segment? And are you looking forward to Y2J and Santana I think on Wednesday? Santana punked this dude out. Like, <laughs> my God. He, he, it's off camera, but he goes, and what are you going to do about it? And by the time we get back, Santana's got it on the ground. I thought that was fantastic. That's how you show that the baby face is not afraid. Yes, I agree. Jericho probably should have just been taken to the back or whatever. Maybe they fight him off, scurry to the back. But if he's not on commentary, Kate, who is going to yell at us and tell us that the, the square posts, they hurt more than round ones because the edges, Kate, the edges of the square post, they're more impactful. That's why Jericho's there. You got to have this professionalism. Uh, you know what? When Jericho's doing things like that, even though that particular fact is redundant, I don't mind. When he sounds like he's fronting a Fozzie concert and yelling at me, that's when I get a little frustrated. But I agree with you. This was really fun, some fun from Santana. And you know what I would even say? I would say that's entertainment. Seeing Jericho get his ass kicked. Let's go. I like it. I'm all for that match on Wednesday. I think that's going to be an absolute blast. We've got Mark Quill chiming in saying, where are my fellow Wardies at? I think that is the baddie version of Wardlow. I am all for Wardies. I said that Eddie Kingston should have his own section of partners. I love I like that it. idea. I like um, it. I like the Wardies. I like the partners. I, 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 I would be a Warhead, I think. I love I, me some baddies. This was phenomenal. You? How can't you? So I had said as someone that's a heavy critic of the AEW women's division that I saw some very encouraging things this week. Ruby Soho being back on my screen. Us looking like we're getting Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. Um, Deanna Perazu appearing on ROH AEW television adjacent. Um, and one thing that I was very excited to hear was that Trisha Dora, Sky Blue, and Willow freaking Nightingale were on my screen for Rampage tonight. Some of my favorite talents. Willow is like, oh my gosh, such a TV star. Trisha Dora is right there with her. Versus the baddies, of course, Kira Hogan, Jade Cargill, and Red Velvet. Ryan Lambert chiming in saying, how awesome was seeing the trio of Trish, Willow, and Sky on TV? It was. The baddies look like pure money as well. Also, give us Ian over Jericho on commentary. Ian Riccoboni is my favorite wrestling commentator on television period and that's not to take anything away from anyone else he was so fantastic in ROH during the pandemic era he is unbelievable at calling pure matches which I know that seems like oh they just have special rules when you are commentating something that's that technical to tell the story is so important and I think a little bit trickier than people even realize and give it credit for I am the biggest Ian Riccoboni stand in the world i loved having him on commentary um seeing the baddies was was just so awesome we got c chiming in saying that jade and the baddies coming out in mortal combat costumes they looked so cool what? um See, or i, I think they, they will do eventually that? do that so cool. yeah I, I think uh jade is jade is a freaking star man star and a half red velvet was kind of just linked in the nightmare family she's recovering nicely uh <laughs> Hogan is phenomenal, and this fits her perfectly. I also like this because I do feel like um, Jade's strength are more charisma and character-driven, so when they're not ring-driven, having a stable is such a great way to let her grow at the pace that she needs to. 
and to be able to have people that are just like Kira Hogan is such an ass kicker and uh, Red Velvet is so athletic and um, acrobatic. Like it's a really, really nice balance. And it lets Jay just be incredibly impactful and come in with like that nasty pumpkin stuff. So it lets her progress at a really nice pace. And to be able to do so leading the stable, I think is really fun. My Twitter timeline, and again, I'm not trying to get in the fantasy booking world, but like when Malcolm Bivens was released, the amount of people that were saying Malcolm Bivens should go and replace Smart Mark Sterling as Jade's manager, holy crap, do I think there's money in that idea. And my my whole timeline was full of it today. Um, what did you think of this match? I think this went the way that we knew it was going to go. The baddies come out with the win here, um, but always good to see Trisha Dora who took the pin in this. Um, Sky Blue getting some actual offense in and not getting squashed was nice to see. And Willow Nightingale is my girl. I love it so much. How did you feel about this? She match, came Robert? out like a star here because she hit that pounce on Red Velvet and Ooh, looked like she? she damn near took her head off. Willow Nightingale, if she's not already, will be signed to the AEW Ring of Honor family. I'm sure of it. She's too good not to be. Um, Trisha Dora should be signed on TV right now. Jade looks phenomenal. This was thumbs up all around. I thought this was great. And I think it was a nice, it set nicely in a Rampage episode. You know what I mean? Like fair spot for it. There weren't a ton of implications here. This wasn't really affecting like the, the Owen tournament. So this was perfect. I loved where this was. Things that I didn't love as much, but still were fine was Keith Lloyd, Keith Lee versus ass boy number two, Colton Gunn, as Luis called him. Uh, so get Dan Hazen those nickels and call him the ass boy that he is. I just felt like this could have been an, an outright squash. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I would agree with that completely. Yeah, that was my only thing with this. There was nothing wrong in the match per se, but I just felt like Keith Lee could have squashed Colton Gunn. Like, they're a tag team and they're not the most vital of tag teams at that. I, I don't think we needed this to be what it was. So, um, but nothing wrong in the match in particular. I just feel like since they're both like in these tag angles, it would have been helpful to just have Keith Lee squash them. I kind of missed my somebody just dies. It's usually Fuego del Sol or Serpentico that just gets yeeted somewhere in the ring. Um, I kind of missed my rampage squash, but this is perfectly serviceable. Keith Lee won here. Um, I don't have a ton to say about it outside of that, other than it was a good match and that uh, Keith Lee continues to just impress me with his ability to move in the ring combined with his size. What a unique and special wrestler he is. Yeah, Keith Lee is phenomenal. I really think he should have won a lot more definitively. Um, Colton Gunn is fine. Austin Gunn is fine. They, they're very uh, middle of the road in my mind. Mama mid, would you say? I would, you know, they're not, <laughs> they're not doing it for me, but I'm sure they're doing it for someone else. And they're great in contexts like this. I again, I would prefer more of a squash, but it's it's not because they were doing anything offensively bad. And on Rampage, I have a little bit more forgiveness for it. If this was on Dynamite, I'd probably be whining about the fact that there wasn't another women's match. Let's be honest. I'm self aware. I know who I am. We got Ben chiming in saying. Teach Jericho what on-site means. Hopefully next time Trish gets offense in. But outside that, the six-lady tag, a.k.a. the Grapsity Invitational. 
<laughs> was cool. This kind of was this one thing that was really cool was seeing my timeline explode with the fact that there were so many strong black women on my screen in a wonderful match succeeding, which is really refreshing to see and shows, I think, a lot of growth in an area that was lacking in, in AEW for sure. I'm hoping um, it's not a one off on like 90% of what I said about SmackDown. That is fair. That is fair. We got Rudian Fierro asking, does Robert have a baddie section? Uh, I would say, what would they? Oh, could we have a kebab section, you and I? We could have a kebab section. Maybe oh you get buy one, get one free kebabs. I don't know. But Rudian Fierro is fantastic. Go check out the Rest Friends podcast. Everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you, Rudian. I appreciate the love. You are just letting people promote all over us tonight, and I'm here for it, but you're supposed to pay extra for that. I'll say that much. They paid. They <laughs> paid a little bit. And they didn't ask us to do it. We did it voluntarily because we have a lot of love for our fellow podcasts. More about the baddies. We got Ace by Degenerate saying Robert does have a baddie section, and we are here. Kebab. Kebe- a kebabies. A kebabie session. A kebabie section. section. I love it. I love I like it. it. Thank you, I'll Louise. take it. We appreciate all our kebabs hanging with us, especially as we are closing in on 1 a.m. This was obviously a different stream than we are used to with the NXT releases at the, the top of it and us having to have a conversation about some not as fun things. But we got a little Hardy Boys interview with the Undisputed Elite promo backstage. And that, I think, was fun. Thank you for the hashtag Team Kebab. Ace my degenerate. You're so much fun. Markwell, Robert's baddie section is the Robbie section. What about me, man? What about me? Well, you uh, got this... the whole Sour Grab Society, Kate. Let's not be. Know, but you know what, rude. Alex? You do is have the moving. society. He's not here tonight. Right now, I'm with my dude Felice. All right. True. I'm greedy. I want it all. I want all the glory. You do. That's and you know what, Kate? You deserve it all. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate you. I also appreciated the pun that we got in this. Um, Bobby Fish called Jeff Hardy a hardly boy, and boy, let me tell you, that joke seemed to reflect his age, but it also resonated with me because I have the sense of humor of a dad, so I will take it. What did you think of the Hardy Boys interview that we got backstage and these these super fun, undisputed elite promos where we're calling Brandon Cutler Landon and uh, just making fun of his stooge? How did you feel about that? Jeff popped me with the hey i'm going in the solo dimension for the first time ever <laughs> um, okay jeff never change i love you for it uh undisputedly i don't know if you guys knew this adam cole is the greatest wrestler alive today <laughs> i will listen to anything that man says the Young Bucks are clearly hamming it up, so they're not feeling the UE. They'll probably turn as quickly as possible. I also appreciated the tease of, and that's uh, elite, because I thought we were going to get a little bit of Undisputed Era action, but we can't ever go back. What are you going to do? Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy should kill it, and I, I assume Jeff Hardy will go over and eventually wrestle uh, Darby. I think that's a really fun story. I, I would be very excited to see that. This was fun. This was harmless. It made me laugh at 1030 on a Friday on a tough day. I will take it. Uh, and to the surprise of nobody, we got some super chats and humper chats about our next segment because you know what it was? It was Hook and Danhausen. 
<laughs> we this probably will have the most super chats. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. We got Ryan Lewis chiming in with a, a nice super chat. Thank you for the the kind amounts of human money that we will put in a sack appropriately for Danhausen. It's amazing how the crowd's Hookhausen chant gave an immediate this is super over stamp of approval. This is a, a classic difference between AEW and WWE, in my opinion. We get this cheesy, piped-in crowd noise of these loud crowd reactions, and you can see a crowd that is disinterested in WWE. We're here, we have people chanting Hookhausen. I mean, what a fun, wacky little world professional wrestling can be. Um, I'm with you. They're super over. This is a blast. This is not what I thought Hook was going to do next, but I'm here for it. We've got C chiming in saying we were this close to seeing Hook House and Kiss. Though they never kiss in those spots, except Jade and Tay Conti did. They smooched real hard, but yeah. uh, they never do. They're always like face to face like this, and they they never do. But never. What are we gonna do? We got, we got someone here that apparently wants to see it, according to his super chat, because Harry says whoever came up with the idea of teaming of Hook and Danhausen as an odd couple tag team is a master of the mechanisms of fan fiction. <laughs> I think all the fan fiction writers might be over at NXT because they're just horny and then they don't know what to do. So I think that's what's happening with the fan fiction writers, but this is phenomenal. They make you be horny and then they release you. What a, what a tough world over there. We got Shotgun29 again saying, I don't know if anything has left me as confused and happy as Hook House that's kind of how I felt about it. I just did not think this was what was going to unfold in front of us, but I think it's been a blast. I think it's so much fun. I'm here for it. I can deal with a little cheese when a whole show isn't cheese, and this is just like this perfect fun flavor to throw into things. Brett Logman saying, Hookhausen, just print all of the human monies at this point. What a blast this was. So we were getting an in-ring confrontation Nobody really knew if it was going to be a match or not. And then Smart Mark Sterling comes down and says, do you guys really want to see this? And of course, everybody said yes. Of course we did. But Tony Nese comes in to spoil That's our day and, and and lays the beat down. I called him Tony Nephew because I don't think he's that niece at all to us. <laughs> uh, I This is fine. This is unfolding as it should. Tony Nese finally finding his footing in something since joining the company. How have you felt about this? Uh, the, look, Hookhausen, for me, it's a little too on the meme side of things. I'm ready to see Hook kill somebody and win a title. Um, Tony Nese getting in the middle of this, it's fine. It's a weird three-way if that's what they're going to go with it. I don't see Hook and Danhausen teaming up. If that's the way they go, I think they're kind of slowing hook down and i don't want that i want hook to beat ricky starks get his family heirloom back and move on with his career um that is gonna be a money feud for both starks and hook i think once that happens i'm very excited I, about that. at the very least i think we might get a tag with uh niece and sterling which i'd be okay with because sure. sterling can get choked out and i think people would laugh Guys, get in your super chats and your humper chats as we're coming down the stretch here. We know this was a long broadcast. We know that you wait for AEW and Rampage. We normally start off with it tonight with special circumstances, but we know this is a thing you want to talk about. So we appreciate you hanging in there with us this long. Uh, we are motoring in. Oh, we. I'm sorry. We have some more super chats about Hook and Housen. Of course. 
Vala pointing out that Rebel super horned up on the main for Hook and Hookhausen. Uh, Rebel on Twitter said, Hook can throw me against a wall and say the same thing. Speaking of motoring wow. up, um, you know, I, Hook just has that effect on people. Maybe it's he the does. quaffed hair. Maybe it's the, the relation to Taz. Taz is a good looking guy from Brooklyn. You never know. Maybe it's, the, maybe it's, it's just the, in it's jeans. All of it. It's the presence. It's the... It's the, I mean, it's the hair. Let's be honest. Let's call it's, it. What it's, it is. it's the hair. It's the hair. <laughs> so backstage, we get an ass boys interview who are interrupted by the acclaim who point scissor things at each other as they do. Uh, looks like we're setting up something here. It gives the acclaimed something to do. Don't hate it. Don't love it. The ass boys just aren't for, for me. Uh, I'm not super in on the gun club in general, but they can eat a lot of losses. They're reliable enough workers in the ring that they're going to make the acclaims look good, I think. Um, what did you, did you have any thoughts or feelings the, about this? The acclaimed love scissoring and the ass boys had to go talk to daddy. What can I, that's what we were supposed to get out of this. That's what I got. More about Hook House and Mark Glosper chiming in saying pairing the two most weirdly over guys in the entire company up seems like an easy sell. Put them on a shirt and sell it somewhere other than PWT. They've got awshop.com. That's, of course, sourced through PWT. But um, it's because they're both over in the same kind of memorific way that I'm surprised that they were paired together. Because I feel like some people would find it overkill. But for me, it's working. It's working. We find out that we get Mercedes Martinez and Diana on Wednesday. I'm so excited for that. We get a nice uh, video package or a promo, rather, from mercedes martinez here i was relieved to see this because it felt like she was heavily involved in a title picture feud surrounding thunder rosa and brit and that kind of fell off she is your roh women's champion but so is diana we're gonna get a nice unification on wednesday they have a great chemistry in the ring i've seen them at indie shows i've seen them work each other before i think they worked together at impact a little bit as well i'm very much looking forward to this match on wednesday how are you feeling about it uh, Dion Perrazzo is amazing. She should be the champion of all the things. Put her in oh. the ring. I don't know if she wins, but we're going to win because she'll be on TV. Exactly. And the way Impact scales their contracts is a little bit hazy. Some of them are appearance-based deals. Some of them, you know, they put titles on people that aren't fully signed to their company. So it's just a little tricky to fully understand the landscape at Impact. I don't know what her contract looks like, but I do know this. They're going to have an awesome match on Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to it. Very encouraged by what we saw out of the women's division in AEW this week. We've got C-Chiming back in. Everybody just wants to talk about Hook, saying, I forgot how young Hook is sometimes. He's got time to win a belt. No need to rush it personally. I don't think you need to rush him to, like, a TNT title championship or anything like that. I do think the FTW belt story will be great because I think it's time for Ricky to maybe branch off from it, too. And there's just such a natural story there. And I also think stylistically, size-wise, Ricky and Hook, I think, are, are going to have a heck of a match and hopefully a heck of a rivalry. So I don't need him to win a title necessarily. I just feel like the FTW title is so endemic to Taz that this would be such an easy story. And I think it's time for Starks to, to maybe move up and on after this tag program. Agreed. We've got the Blackpool Combat Club versus AFO on Dynamite. Not sure how I feel totally about that. Uh, good to Ruby, see Angelico. Good to see Angelico for sure. 
Um, Ruby and Tony versus Britt and Jamie on Rampage. Always happy to see Ruby Soho back on my screen. And of course, Tony Storm and a special time next week for Rampage, which I got to tell you, when Rampage is on early, pops your girl and pop yes. show. Uh, it's, it's really refreshing to start shows at 10 and not, or I'm sorry. Yeah, at 10 and not 11. So that we're not going till one in the morning like we are right now. Oh my gosh, Robert, I am so excited to talk about this main event. Let's go. Samoa Joe and Trent. I don't know if there's someone who fits into the Mark Henry match setup better than Samoa Joe. It feels so old school and fun. I really appreciated Samoa Joe here talking about the importance of ROH, that ROH was founded in Philly um, and everything that it means to him. I just thought that was a really nice touch. Commentary doing a great job of pointing out that Trent's time in ROH was mostly in in tag contention. And so he had never won an ROH title before as a solo competitor, which was just nice. It was a really nice story that kind of got not thrown together, but a little bit thrown together. Ian Riccoboni, who, of course, we put over on commentary earlier, did not need Jericho and 100 other people in the booth, but he is my favorite. And Bobby Cruz ring announcing. We love that so much. Brett Lockman chiming in saying, Joe's F that uh, in the corner is one of my favorite things ever. The Samoa Joe walkaway spot is literally my favorite spot in wrestling. So I just, I love it so much. I do um, want to point out, he should have done that here because uh, Trent overshot an acai moonsault and pretty much missed Joe anyway, but Joe sold it. And I really wish he would have just improvised, walked away and gotten to the commercial break in another way agreed agreed that was the only kind of wonky spot in this match i think um ricardo the bot guy saying can't wait for joe to smoke jay lethal that's the way that i hope this goes too i appreciate that of everybody that's come into the company joe's the only one that i can remember that immediately jumped into winning a title because they have rankings for better or worse and because well, he people- didn't win an aew title that is true. It is an ROH title that is bought out by AEW, but he's obviously going to be featured heavily on AEW television. Um, I just appreciate that, that like, it's important that he comes in like that. That one makes sense. It makes sense to hotshot that one when you don't know what the future of ROH fully looks like right now. And it's a guy that is synonymous with ROH who has a history with ROH, like of all the moves that they've made, I Really, really love that one. And I love that everybody earns their way to titles. But in this case, this one made so much sense. I I really appreciate that. We got Brent Lachman chiming in saying, so Pat Buck is just the Lord of all ginger dude stood out on the pull apart with Joe and Lethal. Pat Buck, formerly of WWE, a local Jersey guy at WrestlePro as well. Um, He also probably stood out because he had a full head of hair and the rest of them don't. You know, that that could have been it. Uh, Pat Buck's phenomenal. And okay. shout out to him. Shout out to Jerry Lynn. I always love seeing Jerry Lynn. And uh, I'm not, look, I'm not the greatest fan of what they're doing with Joe and Lethal and Sanjay, but it's something. And I'm glad to see all those guys on TV. Agreed. And for me, I don't like it as a matter of taste, but I appreciate that it does at least make wrestling sense. The visual that you get um, every time these guys are in the ring is impressive. We saw Orange Cassidy looking like a child next to, to Satnam Singh at the end of the show. But I loved this match. There's something Joe does when he gets chopped by someone 
where he'll sell it, but it's also this thing where he like gets really fired up. And I love that. There's so many storytelling details that Joe does like that, that are just the magic of pro wrestling, like the in-ring storytelling part. There's so much juice in that. And I, I absolutely love it. This match was so much fun. It was hard hitting as you would expect. Um, again, really loved commentary on this. I felt like there were too many guys, a little too many cooks in the kitchen, but great to hear Rick Abani. And I just really liked the story that they kind of created out of thin air here. Match was super fun. Um, no real spots to to call out because I can't call out a whole match, but I, I thought this was a blast. And man, oh man, does Samoa Joe hit people really hard. <laughs> yeah, and he deserves to wrestle. And I'm glad he's in the ring. And I never want to see him leave it. Yeah, I it's so nice to see him here. And I didn't know because he is so valuable backstage. And when he was on commentary, I felt like he was WWE's best commentator. Um, and I I think him being in the ring is just the thing that brings me the most joy. And I, right now, as long as he's healthy, is the place that he's most valuable. We are going to wrap up your Super Chats and this episode. Thank you guys so much for hanging with us. We don't Still normally so go two hours on this show. That's normally my Tuesday night gimmick, but tonight was obviously a little bit of a different story. There you go. I filled in for Alex. There you go. Yeah, you did. You did perfectly. But obviously the the events of earlier today have played in and spilled over into this broadcast. We got Leslie saying, I'm me. I'm someone else. Love y'all. Oh, I don't know what that was in reference to. I don't remember the context, but you know what? We love you too. We do love you. And you are someone else and you are something else, Leslie. We love you and we appreciate you. Luis, if you remember what that was in reference to, I'd love to be able to respond to it more (laughs) specifically, but I'm sorry we got a little behind. Mark Welch, I've been saying the K batty section is the bangy section. I like that one a lot. Bob saying Kate doing Fightful Podcast Broadways again. Let's go three hours. I am the Iron Woman of Fightful Broadcast. I think I got it in me, but Sean will kill us. I know, but today was special circumstances. This would have been an hour and a half if we didn't have some crummy stuff that we had to talk about, too. I think, especially with the way nobody wanted to talk about SmackDown. Um, So much so that we actually missed Naomi versus Shayna. We did. I was like, I thought there was another match in there. Naomi versus Shayna and Sasha versus... Naomi versus Shayna in Italian two weeks. Sorry about that. Naomi went over. I got to be honest. I went to the bathroom during this. And when I came back, I heard Shayna and Natty's music playing as they were going up the ramp. And I was like, I can't believe they pinned their champions. But I guess they just beat her down after the ending of the Shayna match. Shayna Baszler not being <laughs> a singles champion in nearly three years on the main roster real is a sin. Naomi and Sasha are great. The boat is the boat and we all know how we feel about the boat okay but Shayna Baszler should be a champion and soon I wish that very much I am pessimistic (laughs) so wrapping up here we have uh the nerd guru who chimed in saying maybe Charlotte hasn't been treated like she's the best because she's not the best she's been going through the motions for years now for whatever reason and even if Ronda wins then what? None of this really matters. It helps no one. I think that is a, um, you know, a chicken egg scenario. I think Charlotte is one of the best in-ring workers of all time. I don't even think that's to be disputed. I think all four horsewomen have strengths. So it's a matter of taste when it comes to that. But 
I think when you're doing a bunch of stories that don't make sense and aren't very good, you don't really have a choice but to go through the motion. There's nothing to really sink your teeth into. Um, but, you know, I don't think she, it's not that she's not getting treated like the best. She's constantly champion. That's part of why everyone is so sick of her. I think that the stories are bad and that is probably very frustrating as a performer. Yeah, I think Charlotte is top notch and really she's been very open about the way she's been booked as well. So she knows what's going on. She knows the score. Yeah, absolutely. Mark Lasper chiming in saying the boat was on TV. The boat, dude, was. the boat is sailing along from Tuesday to Friday. It's, it's a beautiful thing. The boat is carrying the women's division and, and that boat ain't going to sink. Uh, I really love Natty. I don't necessarily love the way she's being used. Although Luis says Leslie was uh, maybe referring to an ass boys comment that was. Okay. Cause before. I had said yeah. the ass boys weren't for me, but they're for someone else. You know what, Leslie, there you go. The ass boys are for you and they're there for you every Friday night. I think that makes Leslie. I'm going to assume Leslie is a woman and ass girl, but if Leslie is a guy and it's a guy's name, you can be a fellow ass boy. So. There you go. And closing us out on a really high note, which is nice. Volop saying just another shout out to Morrissey. He's fallen off the wagon so hard he almost died. That is true. Um, only to pick himself back up and has come a long way to be on TV again. DDPY works. Love and support, pal. He has fought his demons and seems to be in a really, really good place right now, which we love to hear. We had to talk about so much dark stuff at the beginning of the show. It's really actually quite nice to end on a high note talking about um, the transformation of Morrissey and everything that he's been through and overcome with his addiction issues to see him looking great on impact regularly, seeing him work the indies and be happy. Um, he had a really wonderful tweet about how um, there was a building that basically he reached a really low point at in, in Philadelphia at the 2300 arena and that he got to go back in there on a high note and how wonderful that was. And we just love to, uh, see that for for any human being, for any professional wrestler, um, I think it's it's just awesome. And a final one from Matthew Plus saying, "You people are still recording, going to sleep, nerds." You know what, Matthew yeah. Plus? Thanks for your money. You get to That's you want right. to say cheeky and mean to to close us out. That's fine. We will go to sleep, but we're gonna take your money before we do. Sleep of- on a pillow of money thank you and thank you to all you wonderful people who have stuck with us for a very long time i don't usually go this long this is a blast even with the crappy circumstances uh kate we gotta keep doing this this is the third week of us i, know. I think we just need to make this special i love it ricardo the back guy chiming in at the last second saying that joe is a damn tank and it's great to see him fight wholehearted agreement there Guys, that's it for us tonight. We pulled a two-hour show. Feels like it's Tuesday to me. Robert, where can the wonderful people find you at? It's right there on the screen. Follow me everywhere at Dude Felice, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, anywhere really. Follow me at Dude Felice. See me every day practically writing news up on Fightful. I'll have a website soon that you can go to and have all the nice little links. And yeah, man, that's it for me. You can follow me at Miss Kate Fabe. You can catch me every Tuesday with Alex Pulaski. I'm sure we'll have a lot to say this week about NXT 2.0 on the post show there. Wednesdays at the Mark Order Pod at Mark Order Pod, where we talk all things all elite. 
Fridays here, sometimes with Sean Rossap. More recently with the dude, with my dude, Felice. We appreciate you sticking with us. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. We're out. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.